Hi, and welcome to episode... What is it? 105, Dad. 105. Good guess from my side. Okay, what are we going to be talking about today? Uh, we will not talk about Chinese food. We will talk about a guy which is famous in podcasting. We have had John Lee Dumas on a previous episode. We have not got Tim Ferriss on the podcast, uh, mainly because he's too busy and he earns too much money. So we are not important enough yet to kidnap him with force. Right, Charlie? So yeah, this that's is how it works. That's exactly how it works. So we are right now doing the podcast number 105. You have come to the podcast, which is called Invest in You. Myself is Fredrik Sandvall. And all the way from Sweden, we have got... Charlie Sandvall. Charlie Sandvall. Fantastic. We're like related, but we're not brothers, actually. No, Even we're not from can... the same mother either, but I know your mother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so today we will use the idea of the questions from Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss has written many books. One is called Tribe of Mentors. And uh, just the other day, I drove from Sweden to England, uh, passing a number of countries. So I had 40 hours of Tim Ferriss in my ears, uh, including the big, thick Tribe of Mentors. And I thought in his very first chapter, the introduction, he mentions the questions and reflections he has designed over many many years of podcasting so we will use almost the same questions from tim ferris and we will respond to them ourselves as podcast guests and hosts and surely because this is now recorded past your bedtime hours and some of them are more uh, relevant for people who are really grown up mentors who've done it all and they got their t-shirt and you don't even have sleeves on your t-shirt you got a, a tank top on today for the people who don't watch the video yeah so uh, tim ferris has uh, just reached the mature age of uh, being 40 plus and i think that brings many insights to one's own life where you have lived a while all of a sudden you start to think about things like Hmm, I will not always be around. I will eventually die. My body is falling apart. I might or might not have a life partner to share everything with. I might or might not have children to share my wisdom with. And people start to reflect on life in general. Charlie, do you remember when we had Roger Hamilton? Did he think seem like a guy who started to reach this age where he started to think a lot at the moment? Yeah. How old is he? He's yeah, like, he's also more, also more than 40. And yeah. many of my friends have also reached more than 40, as I'm more than 40 myself. So without further ado, Charlie has not read the book. I have read the book more than once. And uh, let's jump into the question. So the question format, one of us will ask the question, and one or two of us will actually respond to the question. Yeah. So, Charlie, if you ask me question number one, please. Okay, uh, what uh, what is the book or books uh, that you have given the most as a gift, and uh, what are uh, uh, what are one to three books uh, that have greatly influenced your life? Right. So, one book again, thinking about other people, uh, is uh, called Property Magic. I have gifted that book to so many people, partly because I know the author, Simon Suchi. He's also been on the podcast before. The book has helped me to 
create uh, multiple income streams through real estate. It has helped me to earn uh, fees from coaching and mentoring. It has also helped me to design and co-present the whole program called Property Magic, which means you take uh, 10 plus people through a whole year of learning and helping them to move from nothing to property investors, should they wish. So Property Magic by Sam Suchi is one book. The second book is called Trust is the New Currency. It's a book that I've written myself together with Sheila Holt. And the reason why that book has influenced me so much is it's a big process to put your thinking into words. It's hard work to not write a book just once, but more than three times we've written the same effing book to come to the final uh, version that is now uh, an Amazon bestseller. Uh, so I will, I will stay with those two books that I've given the most to other people. Surely you are a forthcoming author as well. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your book or our book? Uh, where are we and why haven't we published it yet? And what is it all about? So tell us more about how to make money as a teenager by Surely Sandwell. So when you say where we are, do you mean like where? Where in are the... we in, in the process? Because it's not out there in the world yet. Yeah, so uh, the book is called How to Make Money as a Teenager. And yep. uh, what it's about is like kind of self-explanatory. You can like like it. hear it in the title, uh, which is why we chose that title. Uh, and it, it, we've been working on it, on it for like um, like two years, one year, something. Yeah, yeah. A bit yeah. Close, with, closer with, to two years. Yeah, Yeah. so we the first time we worked, wasn't it, in the car, we did like this journey to England. Yeah, exactly. It was actually the and same kind of journey as when I would listen to Tim Ferriss, but we instead wrote pretty much the whole skeleton to a whole book. Yeah, what so we, we did like a podcast and then we had that transcribed and uh, we have done a large part of editing that and we've written uh, a lot of extra stuff. I've done some illustrations to the book. Lots of uh, however, there is, there is just more content to be made and we just haven't uh, got to doing it. We, we're doing like short bursts. So maybe we have to get a more consistent writing schedule. Yeah. So actually now we, with that book as, as your book, now we have together mentioned three books which are important to us. So yeah, lovely. So we're leaving that one and uh, I'll jump to question number two. And you surely have got the right to say pause if nothing springs to mind because this is mm -hmm. unscripted, not prepared. What purchase of $100 or less has most positively impacted your life in the last six months. Okay, so um, the thing is uh, that I don't really spend too much money because I don't get so much money. What <laughs> happens is that instead of me getting money, uh, dad buys stuff for me. Yep. So uh, the, I haven't bought this personally. It was dad who bought this for me. Um, uh, yeah, well, basically uh, I love making videos and uh, using cameras and all that stuff and editing. So when dad got me my GoPro, then that, that was like a really big uh, moment for me and it has impacted my life a lot. Uh, like uh, speaking to cameras, that's one thing. And also developing my video editing skills and stuff like that. Perfect, perfect. Yeah, that's great. So for example, one thing that you use a lot is uh, the photo editing tools, which you use comprehensively. And then also another like, cheap thing is to actually pay for music that you can use on your youtube channel that's something we also do with yeah. epidemic sound so yeah 
there are many small things we buy that actually can be used in so many different ways. So for myself, um, great question. I would probably say uh, my running shoes. They cost less than 100 pounds and uh, I have been using them extensively. So much so that I, I have killed two pair of shoes over the last less than half year because I've been running so much. So yeah, I can uh, relate to that as well. <laughs> you're also killing your shoes because you're very, very active yeah. guy. Yeah. The problem is that I need to have pretty good shoes for my parkour and uh, my shoes are falling apart and we haven't got new ones because uh, it's so hard to find good shoes. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to wait with my broken shoes until some yeah. good pair is in stock yeah so so a place where Sholi wanted to buy his shoes from was uh, can you remember the group's name from England Stora exactly they have just been monetized again on YouTube so now they will start to do more travel videos again mm -hmm. just so you know it, it showed up in my feed because we shared lots of interests yeah all right would you like to jump into asking me question number three please yeah so uh, how has a failure or apparent failure set you up for later success? Yeah, I don't like to talk about failures because I move away from them so fast. So I don't recognize them too much in hindsight. So I really need to think hard about that. one. So uh, a failure which has really impacted me uh, a lot was uh, I was working in a war situation and uh, I was a military observer. And for different reasons, four people from my own team uh, were killed. So what does that mean? That is absolutely an example of a failure. A failure because people close to me, people that I know have been killed. Number one, how do you relate to that? How does everyone else relate to that? And how can you get back to work after something like that? So I remember doing my training days uh, the team wasn't even half full because I was recently deployed to the area. So this was during the war between Lebanon and Israel in 2006. So how did I turn that into a success? Um, I would say to use the mental power to not dwell too much about that and to be super active. So I filled my whole schedule with so many other activities. I did lots of training. Uh, I did lots of studying, so I was studying uh, economics, I was studying business administration. Uh, I was very quickly also promoted into another higher position, which meant I was completely busy 24-7, except when I was sleeping. So I didn't really think too much about this. Actually, I did just write a line about this uh, military reserve group just the other day on, on Facebook and, and said hello to people. So yeah, it's still very much in my mind and I am being re reminded now and then. I did watch uh, a movie last night, actually, about the Lebanese-Israel war. And uh, I could absolutely relate to everything from the tanks, looks like, uh, to a lot of the conversations, to even the hatred that was between the different countries. And I, I was standing there, like, think about a, a football referee. You're standing in the middle, but the problem is one side has got rockets. And one side has got tanks and aircrafts and uh, unarmed vehicles that can shoot missiles. And you are standing there in the middle. What do you do? And I leave that question with the, the listener to think about what I did to 
turn that around, I became extremely busy. And I was also busy being busy because I don't, did not have my family to think about too much at that time. They were stuck in Sweden. Charlie, do you have uh, an example of a failure in any aspect of life that you can think about uh, and how you turn it around yeah. to a success? Well, uh, when you fail at something, uh, what is great with failure is that you can learn from your mistakes. And uh, in my case, uh, it is something as simple as uh, failing to do a uh, certain parkour trick. So if I want to do a certain trick and I fail it, then I'll like pick up from my mistakes and do it better. And if I don't fail and I get on the first try, it, it might even hinder me from learning the correct technique. So I do a technique that works, but is worse, basically. Yeah, yeah. And you surely pointed out earlier today when I did a pull-up uh, on the pull-up bar that actually had good form, that's the way you mm -hmm. expressed it. Same thing that if you do it wrong and you don't find out, how will you ever improve? So yeah, on that note, we'll jump straight into uh, you uh, asking me question number four. Okay, so if you could have a gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it, uh, what would you, uh, if it was going to be shown to millions of people, uh, what would you want it to say? I really like the, the Nike one, just do it. It is as simple as that. Uh, we are so stuck in our minds, so we sometimes mm -hmm. get hindered by consumption and, and using other people's production to become very much pacified and not do something ourselves. So yeah, I'll stick with just do it. If that is around, if that is in business, whatever it might be, don't forget that you actually become what you do. And I'll leave it at that. Surely do you have something that you would like to share with the world? Yeah, very similar. I think just do it sums what uh, I have to say <laughs> and many more things up a lot better, but uh, it's back to this taking initiative uh, and because taking initiative, that can be like just doing it, taking the initiative to not consume content or doing your best. Yeah. So taking initiative, but that's maybe, that maybe isn't the best way to summarize and it's a pretty broad way to say it, but still. Yeah, yeah. Okay, question number five. What is the best or most worthwhile investment you have ever made? Could an investment could be an investment of time, money, energy, or anything like that. So I'll start with a very worthwhile investment that I did is I took my two sons to a business accelerator when they were really, really young to meet successful people, to see that actually you can do business when you're young as well. Uh, it was called iLab, it was in Bali. We have mentioned it on other podcasts before. I think that was a transformational thing to do something like that with your uh, two boys in my case. Uh, love to do it again. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. So Charlie, do you have any worthwhile investment that you have made in time, money or energy so far? Um, I haven't done so much. Well, actually, uh, going to Taekwondo for uh, the 10 years I've been doing Taekwondo yeah, and that's uh, quite training. A commitment. Yeah. yeah, that's quite a commitment. Yeah. So if you think about it, if you've been doing that for 10 plus years and you've been probably doing on average at least two and a half training per week. So let's do mm -hmm. some telling up here in terms of numbers. So you've done 50 weeks a year, two and a half hours. So that's like, do you want to do the maths or should I help out? Help out. 
that will help out. All right, so that's 125 hours per year. You've been doing that for 10 years consecutive. So that is 1,250 hours of Taekwondo at least. Yeah. That's um, quite thing a lot. Is that, that, might, that might actually be correct because uh, right now we're, we're like doing uh, one one a week but for like a couple of years ago i think i did like two to three yeah no no i think i did uh five a week actually yeah. some uh, weeks actually just using an average yeah 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 i know so yeah you that's know, probably true do you know what they say in terms of how many hours it takes to become an expert in anything there are many theories around this but there, yeah. there's like a common one which you what's the general uh, there's one which is like it takes ten thousand hours to become an expert in something yeah <gasps> So actually, you have reached the level of black belt. Is black belt the final belt in Taekwondo? No, you can get, uh, I don't know what it's called in English because I'm going in a Swedish system, yep. uh, but you can basically get golden stripes on your black belt. Exactly. So that means that even if you reach the level of black belt to get like a full black belt might take another 30 years or so. Yeah, pretty much. And by 30 years from now, you would have absolutely spent more than 10,000 hours in Taekwondo should you carry on that long. So yeah. interesting thought. But also, in this case, you are also learning a lot from helping others become more sufficient in, uh, in Taekwondo. So right now, you're doing more of training others than only yourself, right? Yeah, exactly. L last time I did that was yesterday. Yeah, I think the, the fastest way to mastery or or to become a mentor is actually to teach and that's also one of yeah. the key themes in tim ferris book as well um, and that is hopefully shining through in this podcast as well and where we try to bring in people that can be your indirect mentors all right charlie um what question number six what is an unusual habit or observed thing that you love so that's something that's very unusual for other people what could that be mm -hmm. Brushing my teeth. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> um, cycling to school, I don't think so many people do. Yeah, I think uh, so. I think it's a really nice habit. Uh, a lot of people uh, think that, uh, a lot of people say, oh, isn't it cold cycling in your tank top when it's like two degrees outside? I'm like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get really warm. Right. Yeah. yeah, so that's kind of unusual. Um, Mm, not super unusual yeah. so i think cycling to school is kind of unusual but it, it it's again it, different, it, the distance different different parts of the world different things are different and, and yeah more or less common. in, so in to, sweden like no one cycles that far to school yeah no exactly it's very rare to cycle uh 20 kilometers in a day at your age back and yeah. forth to school when you got a bus taking almost exactly the same route uh, mm -hmm. So I think that that's a great example of an unusual habit, which is serving you well for life. So I'm very happy and pleased yeah. every time I hear you been on the bike. All right. So the same question for myself, an unusual habit. I would say that is my frequency of traveling. So uh, I've been traveling to many different parts of the world. I am not afraid to travel even now, despite the COVID situation. You can, of course, think about how you treat yourself and others around you linked to that. So I really love traveling. And, and sometimes it has been on an absurd level. So in the last week, I have been in six countries. And this is just in the middle of the corona. 
time when that is happening. So yeah, I think that's a little bit unusual at least. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and <laughs> so on and so forth. So question number seven, surely. In the last five years, what new belief, behavior or habit has most improved your life? Uh, probably training, uh, training, uh, doing pull-ups and push-ups and stuff. That, that is like, it's pretty much the last six or five years I've actually been doing that. And that's like, if you just look at the push-ups, I'm up at 100 push-ups now in a row. Yeah, amazing. Which is more than I could do five yeah. years ago pretty yeah. much indeed indeed that's that's perfect that's great challenge great example so yeah let's jump straight into question number eight here uh, what advice well actually you can ask me that one instead surely i think it's even more appropriate. yeah uh what advice uh would you give to a smart driven college student that uh is about to enter the real world and what advice should they ignore right so when we're recording this, the, it is tough to get a job straight out of university. Most people, and as late as two hours ago, I was speaking to uh, an MBA student who has just graduated, who has just got his uh, first temporary job, and we were speaking about other opportunities. So top tip there really, don't apply to jobs in the normal way. Try to find a way around the system. So it would be almost impossible to stand out in a pile of 100 or 1,000 applications. Therefore, can you create a situation where you bump into the people who will hire you? Can you create a job that doesn't exist? Can you work for free to learn or just hang around to, to make the coffee uh, for some really inspirational people and learn from them. So I don't, uh, indirectly, you will get mentoring for someone who might charge $10,000 per day for mentoring and you choose to hang around them for a half year. Imagine how many years of learning you would pick up indirectly. So don't get too focused on getting the first salary too high. Don't get stuck applying for jobs that you don't get. Uh, stay yep. home, live at home, save costs, live frugal and build your experiences, not necessarily by just getting paid. And is there any advice that uh, you should ignore I can come up with? Uh, yeah, I think one advice to ignore when just when you're leaving university is to work and live on your passion project. What does that mean? Ultimately, there's so much talk around right now, like you should just work with your passion. And, and usually that does not necessarily serve you right as the first thing to do. So even yeah. the founder of Alibaba in China said like, spend the first few years working before trying to do any kind of entrepreneurial things yourself. So for example, we've got your brother, Sholi, uh, who is working a bit, getting a, a real life experience. And I think that would serve him well, whether you choose to work later or go into entrepreneurship. To yeah. have that reference is very useful. Otherwise, you might not even know what a workplace might look like. Yeah, there was this person that came to our school uh, and he was uh, talking about so getting jobs and stuff. Yeah. And uh, he said that following your passion is uh, great for if you want uh, if you want to enjoy doing your job and enjoying your job might mean that you make more money yeah. but uh if you choose like a job like uh, becoming a hairdresser or whatever a barber what i think it's called yeah uh then uh, there's 
not such a big well there's a way too big markets there so it's hard to like hard to make uh, so much money off it and you can think like this uh, what do you enjoy with being a hairdresser why would you like to be it and if it is because you want to work artistically then you can think what job what other jobs that are more available are yeah. artistic yeah i yeah, like to add, think add, that way i like to add to that so by working with your passion you can actually destroy it so one example of that i am a qualified and diving instructor i've been working with that for many years most people i know who really love diving who climbed the ladder to become a diving instructor has relatively soon got tired of their passion so it's not their passion anymore it became a job became a chore became hard because it's not yeah. the same to, to to travel to egypt to be on a live liveaboard ship have fantastic food and dive for seven days it's not quite the same if you do it for nine months 12 months 24 months every single day it is not quite the same so you can kill your passion by making it your job so yeah. Sean, if you were just working with with video editing 10 hours a day, mm. five days a week. Do you think you would get bored of it relatively soon? Yeah, pretty bored. Yeah, I'm quite sure that would not be diverse enough to keep your attention for too long, unfortunately. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Do you think you would get bored or not? Nah, I think I could, I would get bored definitely, but I, it, I could hand, handle boredom. Yeah, 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 okay, cool. Right, so question number nine, and this will be our final question out of the 11 that Tim Ferriss has kindly shared in his book, uh, which is called, dun, dun, dun. the book name is Tribe of Mentors. And question number nine is, what are bad recommendations you hear in your profession or your area of expertise? So surely I would like to, to give you help with direction. What is a bad recommendation in terms of podcasting that you see or hear from people? Hmm. Can we like uh, talk about that together? That's kind of a hard question. Yeah, yeah, I'll help you. So I think a bad recommendation in, in podcasting is that everyone can do a podcast. Yeah. Uh, which is a very true statement. Everyone can do a podcast. It's very easy. Everyone but not knows. everyone enjoys it, I guess. Yeah, not everyone will enjoy it. Not everyone will actually carry on after episode number one. Most people won't even make it to episode number one. So therefore, yes, because you can, then you shouldn't mm. necessarily do something. Pick the things you actually should do. Uh, yeah. Yes, because you can do something doesn't mean I should. So for example, yeah. uh, to give you an extreme example, uh, I'm... I'm I've got a very high level of training in terms of killing people. Does that mean I should apply that, surely? Uh, probably not. It probably doesn't make sense that I go around killing people left, right, yeah. center, yes, because... I, I also skills. have an example. Uh, I have an example, like, uh, in, in stores, uh, not killing people necessarily, but uh, in stores and stuff, they, like... Uh, they'll give you like these uh, great deals, but you maybe weren't even thinking about buying something. So just because you can buy something or you can do something, you don't have to really. Excellent example, Charlie. Perfect, perfect. All right, so uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you have been listening to the podcast, which is called Invest in You. This has been episode number 105. And uh, Charlie, any last parting thoughts from you? As always, thank you for listening. 
Yeah, I think it's been a great uh, beneficial podcast, probably for the listeners and uh, for me and you, Dan, I think. Great. So you can really take exactly the same questions and you can just Google it online. You will most like if you Google anything like Tim Ferriss, uh, Tribal Mentors questions, you will find lots and lots of blogs who just completely copied those things and put it online. And uh, I think the purpose for Tim Ferriss to put out those questions out there is to raise the level of high quality questions yeah which is one of his passions to make every question better and better so why not learn from the best your mentors stand over the shoulders of giants and uh, on that note thank you until next time all the best from frederick see you later dad bye bye Charlie.